0: In episode 37 of the Guitar Music Theory Podcast, we have another edition of How Does This Song Work, featuring the song Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. (music) Greetings, guitar engineers. Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I am your host, Desi Serna. Today, we have a special Christmas episode we're going to continue with my series how does this song work i'm going to discuss the song jingle bell rock by bobby helms this song has a lot of really cool composition techniques in it including uh, voice leading secondary dominance and the use of diminished chords Uh, this is stuff that i teach in my fretboard theory books and videos volume two I'm going to be talking a lot about music theory in this podcast episode. If that's something that's new to you, you can head over to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, and you can enroll in my free introductory music theory course. And if you enjoy that and you want to get into more depth, you can take a look at my much more comprehensive fretboard theory video series. Just head over to guitarmusictheory.com. Now, today's lesson is actually pulled from a YouTube video that I made, and I uh, have posted today uh, as well. You can go over to my YouTube uh, channel, Desi Cerna Guitar, and you can watch this same lesson um, on video, which might be a little bit more helpful because you can watch me play this. But anyway, I pulled the audio right out of it, and I'm going to use it right here in the podcast. I did miss... Uh, I did uh, misspeak a few times during the lesson. I, I, I said the wrong chord when I was playing something else. I corrected that in the video by adding some text to the screen. and uh, You're not going to see that here in the podcast, but I still think you can understand what I'm talking about and you can follow the lesson fine. But you can head over and watch the YouTube video as well if you would um, if you would like to. And by the way, are you receiving emails from me? Do you get emails when I upload a new podcast or a video or a blog post or when I have news or a new course or something like that? If you're not already receiving emails from me, you can head over to the website, enroll in any one of the free courses, and you will automatically get included in my email list and then you will receive communications so you know everything that i'm working on and everything that i release. So, just head over to guitarmusictheory.com and enroll in a free course and get on the email list. All right. Well, let's now get going with today's lesson. Greetings, guitar engineers. I'm Desi Serna, and welcome to another installment of How Does This Song Work? Today, we're going to take a look at the song Jingle Bell Rock, which may as well be called Jingle Bell Jazz because it includes a lot of jazz elements, including voice leading, diminished chords, 2-5-1 chord progressions, and even an augmented chord. Now, I'm going to discuss the main harmony that you hear in the song, and I'm going to show you how you can play that harmony on the guitar using chords. But I want to point out that there actually isn't a guitar in the song that's strumming all of these chords. So what I have done is kind of create, uh, created a composite of what the different instruments and vocals in the music are doing and showing you how you can play that same harmony and essentially form the same chords that all those instruments and vocals are forming on the guitar. I'm also not going to deal with any of the uh, specific guitar parts from the song or any of the fills or lead lines. I just want to focus on the main chord changes of the song. So let's dive in. The first chord changes you hear after the introduction are... Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell All right, so I'm in the key of D. And I'm playing the chords D, then D major 7, then D6, and then I return to D. All right, so all of these chords are D, but what creates the chord changes is that there are some notes changing with each chord. And these notes are a type of melodic voice leading that's basically uh, following the vocal melody that sounds like this. So that uh, melody starts on D, and you hear that D note in the first chord, D. And then that melody drops to uh, C sharp. So you have that C sharp note in the chord. That makes a C major 7 chord. And then that note drops to B, and you hear that note in the chord. That makes a D6 chord. And then that note drops to uh, F sharp, which is actually the third of the D chord. So you can play a D chord and you can put the third F sharp in the bass there if you would like. So So those chords are D, D major 7, D6, and D slash F sharp. And you're really just descending the D major scale. the first part of that, or You could play these same chords in a different position by coming up here with your index at the 5th fret. So uh, there's a D major chord in A form, and then I can play uh, drop the D to C sharp and make a D major 7. And then drop that uh, C-sharp to B and make a a D-6 or different ways I can do that and then finally I can drop um, the uh, B to F-sharp and play D like that. So All right, so those first chord changes are an example of the composition technique called uh, voice leading and it also includes us uh, you know uh, added chord tones with the uh, major seven and the six. I talk about added chord tones in uh, my fretboard theory uh, books and videos, uh, volume one, the first level, and then I get into examples of voice leading in fretboard theory volume two chapter 3. But let's move on. The next chords that you hear uh, in the verse sound like this. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. I'm simplifying the rhythm here just to make it kind of straight and easy uh, to follow. So, alright, uh, the chords here um, are D, D sharp diminished, minor 7 and A7. D is the 1 chord because uh, we're in the key of D. E minor 7 is the 2 chord and A7 is the 5 chord. So this is 1 and then basically it's 2, 5. But there is some chromatic movement in between the 1 chord and the 2 chord. So instead of going straight to one from 1 to 2 have this in between that is a diminished chord that is a full diminished chord all minor thirds unlike the uh, half diminished uh chord or the minor flat five triad that occurs on the seventh degree of the major scale this is actually a full diminished chord i teach these in Footboard theory volume two and their use and here's a good example of that um so uh, probably familiar with a D chord like this. If the diminished chord is new to you, I'm playing it like this. I've got D sharp on the fifth string at the sixth fret. And then I have A on the fourth string at the seventh fret. And then I have C on the third string at the fifth fret. And then my pinky is grabbing F sharp here on the second string at the seventh fret. I'm not playing either the high or low E string. It's just... And this connects to an E minor seven... So D, D sharp diminished, E minor 7. So this is kind of another uh, example of voice leading. Um, voice leading involves using, um, uh, you know, uh, either a melody or some common chord tones or some half-step movement, whole or half-step movement, to make smooth transitions in between chords. And the diminished chord in particular, its main function is to create some sort of like chromatic, uh, you know, half-step movement in between chords. And you see that here with the D, D sharp, into the E. Diminished chords sound awfully strange by themselves very dissonant. It's hard to understand why anyone anyone would want to play that chord or how to use it. But notice how good it sounds in between the D and the E minor. In that context, it makes perfect sense to our ear, and it creates some nice um, kind of chromatic voice leading or chromatic movement. And that is a... uh, Um, Something that occurs a lot in jazz, which is why I call this song Jingle Bell Jazz, because it's got these sort of elements in here. And creating this sort of chromatic movement is the primary uh, function of diminished chords. So if you had learned diminished chords and thought maybe their use was something else, maybe you thought they were like a blues lick or something, Mm -hmm. you know, you know. Um, That's actually not a diminished chord, uh, even though it looks like a diminished chord fingering, and that's not the way the diminished chords are used in music composition and harmony. That's how they're used, and you can learn more about that in Fretboard Theory, Volume 2. All right, so uh, after the E minor 7, you go to an A, dominant 7, the 5 chord, and then the music kind of goes back and forth between the 2 and the 5 chord a few times. Here it is. Snowing and blowing, up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. So that's two, five, two, five, two. Back to five, and uh, I'm hearing... An A7 sharp 5 there at the end, which is an augmented chord. So let's talk about this. So 2-5 movement is uh, very common in jazz. Another reason why this song has uh, a jazzy sound to it. And then uh, uh, playing an A7 sharp 5, which is a type of altered chord, is also very common in jazz. You typically don't hear it in rock Um, Music, unless the music has um, some jazz elements to it, like jingle bell rock, which I call jingle bell jazz. Um, So you just take an A7 chord. Here's the fifth E, and I'm going to raise it. So I've got a root, flat seven, major third, sharp fifth. And that creates some tension and uh, some more color, which pushes to and resolves back to D. And that's where the music uh, goes next. Now, an A7 chord by itself, uh, an A dominant seventh, naturally um, has uh, tension, and it wants to uh, push to and resolve to the one chord. That's uh, what's known as dominant function. This is all fretboard theory volume two stuff. Um, so you can create a little bit of that push even without the... Without the uh, altered chord but the altered chord just adds uh, more tension and more of that dominant push and from there those chord changes repeat uh, the the first ones that you played jingle bell jingle bell jingle bell rock jingle bell time, jingle bell so nothing new there. You went through the, the D, uh, D major 7, D6, and then you went through the, the D, D sharp diminished, E minor 7, A7, seven, and that repeats a few times, and, in Jingle Bell Square, and then in the at the end of that section, instead of playing E minor 7 to A7. You play E dominant 7th, which is actually the same notes. You just change the minor 3rd to a major 3rd. you got to build a different chord shape. Here's E dominant 7th to A7 to D. Okay, so why E dominant 7th with the major 3rd in there? Well, this is what's known as a secondary dominant chord. So what you're doing is you are... Using some dominant function here to create a uh, temporarily create a stronger push to a seven and just for a little tonal uh, variation the the major third in there kind of brightens this up a, a little bit and uh, just puts a little twist on these uh, chord changes that had been occurring and then all of a sudden right adds even more to the uh, jazzy sound. So a secondary dominant is when you take one of the notes in the major scale and you play that is not the dominant chord, the five chord is where the dominant seventh chord uh, uh, naturally occurs. A secondary dominant is when you play a dominant seventh chord on another scale degree to uh, create some temporary focus on another chord or some temporary push to another chord. Normally in the D major scale, the E would be uh, a minor 7. In the A major scale, let's think if we were in the A major scale, its 5 chord is E, and it would be major, and it would be an E dominant 7th, and that E dominant 7th wants to push to and resolve to A. So you could also think of this as the E7. You're borrowing that dominant function from the A scale to push to and lead to A, And then the A is being played as a dominant 7th, and it's pushing to and leading to D. So E7 is a 5 of A, and A7 is a 5 of D. That's how that harmony works. That's how the music theory works there. That E7 would be called a secondary dominant. That's how it's functioning here in this section. All right, so let's pick up where we left off. I'm going to play a little bit of that previous section, and I'm going to explain how it transitions into the next section of the song, which you could call the B section, um, or it might be called the uh, chorus or verse. I'm not sure what it's called. But anyway, it sounds like this. In the frosty air, what a bright time. It's the right time to rock the night away. All right, so coming from the previous section play D, then a D7, then G, G sharp diminished, and then D, and I like to put the fifth and the bass on that D chord, I'll talk about that in a minute, so, alright, coming from the previous section, E7, that's the 5 of A, A7 is the 5 of uh, D, so that's, you know, we're playing a 5 of 5 of 5, and it brings you back to your tonic chord D. And then in order to create some uh, tension here and lead to the next section, you play a D dominant 7th. Normally the one chord is not a dominant 7th, but D7 is the 5 of G out of the G scale. So we have another secondary dominant here. Now we're using the one chord itself as a secondary dominant by using D7 to push to and resolve to... Uh, G. So D D seven. Hear how hear how that works. It's, you could also consider this uh, a type of voice leading because you've got um, you've got D in the D chord. Then you have uh, C C natural in the D uh, seventh chord, and then you have B. And the G chord, so you're hearing a little bit of this. Kind of a little bit of melodic voice leading there when you play those chords. Makes for a nice, smooth uh, transition. After the G chord, you go to a G sharp diminished. If you're not familiar with this fingering, I'm playing G sharp with my middle finger. Um, String six, fourth fret, I'm playing F on the 4th string, 3rd fret with my index finger. I'm playing B on the 3rd string, 4th fret with my ring finger, and then my index finger is barring so that I also play D on string 2. Fret 3, I am muting the 5th string and I'm muting the 1st string, so I just have... And again, diminished chords sound very dissonant and strange on their own. But if you put them in between the right chords, they make for some nice chromatic voice leading that sounds really pleasing to the ear. In this case, that G sharp diminished is leading back to D. And I like to put the fifth in the bass here. Here's D. There's the root D. Here's the 5th and the 6th string. Um, Because my ear is just expecting to hear G, G sharp to A. That chromatic um, passage there complete, you know? Right? You kind of hear that up in in the next register here. You've got G here in the 4th string. And then, uh, uh, well, we don't actually have the G sharp in the upper register with this particular fingering, but then when we get to D, uh, whoops, we've got the A in there, so we're hearing so you don't have to put the fifth in the bass there, you're you're hearing that sort of movement anyway, um, even if you don't put the fifth in the bass, because you still have the fifth in the chord when you play D here so we have um another diminished chord adding some uh uh, chromatic voice leading you know some people call these a passing chord because they're helping you pass from one chord to another creating um some you know uh, interesting harmony as you uh uh, as you go from one chord uh to the next, and again it's uh this is a jazz element and it 's one of the things that makes this song sound uh so jazzy and it's the reason why this song is such a great introduction to jazz um you know i'm not really a uh i'm not really a fan of straight up jazz i i have i find it hard to listen to like straight up bebop jazz and stuff I like jazz elements I like some jazz harmony, but I usually prefer to hear them in a pop or rock. Um, context. Um, like this song, I actually love this song because of the chord changes and the harmony and these uh, um, jazz elements. So this is a little bit more up my alley. And this is actually a great song to get introduced to these composition techniques. Um, it would be kind of a good introduction if you wanted to learn more about jazz, but you weren't ready to dive in completely to to full-blown jazz. This is kind of a good introduction to that. Or if you're like me and you like some jazz elements but you'd like to see how they would work in more of a pop rock context, Jingle Bell Rock here um, is perfect and you're learning a lot about some kind of more advanced composition techniques that go beyond what I teach in the first volume of Fretboard Theory and uh, these are actually taught in Fretboard Theory Volume 2. Um, both the book and the video version. And I actually referenced Jingle Bell Rock, I think, a few times in that chapter. Anyway, so let me just back up. We came from the first, court, um, first section of the song into the next section. And then we'll finish this section with... And that's just another two five one to D, and you are going to use the secondary dominant E7 instead of E minor 7. So, uh, break on the 5-chord A7, and you hear the bass and the other instruments. Do a little walk down, and you're back to D. And when it returns to D... Uh, you play some of the chord changes that are were part of that first section Giddy up jingle horn, pick up so D D major seven d6 d, six, d. Jingle up around the clock. okay that was different we have something different here we have we're going from the one chord D to the sixth chord, which would normally be B minor, but in this case we're gonna play D7, D dominant seventh. Adds a little bit more color, makes it sound a little bit more brighter. Or I can play it over here. I kinda of like to add some chromatic um, movement as I, and I like to walk down to the sixth chord. So this would also be considered kind of a secondary dominant. Uh, B7 would normally lead to um, E. However, that doesn't happen in the song. It's kind of used more um, as... It almost sounds like a temporary key change, and it just kind of brightens up that 6 chord, like I already said. But this is not going to be used... Um, to create a dominant push to E. Instead, the chords do this next. Mix and in the beat. That's the jingle bell so after that B7, you go to G, then G minor. All right, let's talk about that. So you go to the four chord G, play major. Then you play it minor. Whoa, where does that come from? The four chord should be major. Why is it minor? Well, because this is using yet another voice leading um, uh, technique. If you take a look at the chord here, G has a B in it. G minor has a B flat in it. A half step lower. And then your one chord D has an A in it which is one half step lower. So this is a uh, common uh composition technique where you play the 4 chord as major and then minor and you return to the 1 chord because you get this really neat chromatic voice leading. Um this is a neat Chord change. uh, You know, you've got a G minor in there, which you normally wouldn't think of using when you're in the major scale, because the four chord isn't um, isn't minor, and it works because the chords are connected by that little um, half step um, uh, movement, and it sounds really. uh, It's got a nice smooth transition. Sounds pleasing to our ears so it's an it's a it's a way that you can break the rules and make it sound make it sound good by applying other rules like voice leading um the beatles were a big fan of this technique using the the minor four chord as it's called and you hear it i think you hear it in like nowhere man and across the universe and that sort of thing but you certainly hear it in other um other music by other artists as well. So this is a voice leading technique that leads to the one chord. But, surprise twist, Jingle Bell Rock doesn't go to the one chord following this, not immediately. Instead, you go back and you do two, five, one movement, and then you go to the 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 uh, five chord. So you have... So again, kind of a little surprise twist there. Your ear is expecting to resolve back on D, and it does eventually, but they threw in a two five one using the secondary dominant E seven to A. You could actually play an E nine too, if you're familiar with that chord shape. That's a dominant seventh chord, but with a nine in there. You do hear the guitar and the track, you know, go. That ninth up top, uh, but either one nine or you can play a plain seventh. Either one works. But then you eventually get back to the D chord where your ear was expecting to go, and you've got resolution. And that actually completes the song because the song just cycles through uh, these same type of chord progressions. At the end of the song, uh, you ta- <coughs> you tag that two five one. So that section that I just played there, I believe at the very end of the song, you go. You just tag it, you repeat it a few times, and then you finally resolve on D. Let me play through it for you. So this is where we left off. We'll go back to the first set of chord changes. Jingle bell, jingle bell the then we're going to do the secondary dominant. We're going to head to the next section. D7 goes to the four-chord. b is seven gliding in the one horse jingle horse to that B seven G, G minor and then two five dominant seven dominant seven And you finally get back to the one chord And you could end on a, what is this? This is called a D6-9 chord here. Um, From the top, 10th fret, I'm holding the 1st string, 2nd string, then my index finger, uh, 1st string, 2nd string of the 10th fret, then my index finger is holding the 3rd string, 4th string, and 5th string, barring all at the 9th fret, and then my middle finger is reaching over to grab the root D, jazzy, uh, rockabilly-sounding chord here. You've got a root, major third, sixth. That's a ninth, fifth, and a root. And before that, at the end of the song, you had that 2-5-1 that repeated. And if you wanted to play E9 instead of E7, you can. Doing that in the track, and then there's some lead stuff in there. And remember, I'm not I'm not going to cover that lead stuff. That might be a good lesson for next year, Christmas 2020, maybe. If you're interested, make that request. All right, so that's how you can play the chord changes to the song Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. And I have explained um, the harmony and the music composition techniques that are used in this song. Lots of really cool elements. Again, you've got you know a six chord, a major seven chord in there. You've got uh, some melodic voice leading. You have some chromatic voice leading. You've got diminished chords. You've got two, five, one movement. You've got secondary dominance, You've got that minor four chord. Uh, thing happening, uh, I did put an altered chord whoops in there uh, once, which might be new to you, so lots of great elements um, to learn now. let me just warn you here. Uh, if this is if this is over your head and you're not familiar with a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, you can go ahead and, and strum through this and learn it if you want, if you are able. But um, don't get ahead of yourself. You might need to back up and work on some more foundational music theory so you can understand where this stuff in this song comes from and why it works. So in Fretboard Theory Volume 1, I talk about chord construction. I talk about um, – chord progressions and playing by numbers how you build chords from the major scale and play progressions i talk about at you know adding extra uh, added chord added chord tones and extensions to chords. And I talk about intervals. If you haven't completed um, that level instruction and if you don't understand how those things apply to uh, music and familiar songs, then you're really getting ahead of yourself trying to take things to this level because this all builds on top of that foundation. So go back to fretboard theory, volume one, and make sure that you understand all those chapters on chord construction, uh, intervals and chord progressions. Then you can take a look at fretboard theory volume two, where I take things to the next level. I pick up where we leave off in volume one, and you learn about um, other composition techniques, um, including... um, uh, you know, uh, key changes, modal interchange, passing chords, you know, diminished chords, augmented, augmented chords, uh, voice leading. Um, we get into some jazzy elements, but only jazz elements as they occur in popular styles of music. I, I don't actually get into playing uh, straight up uh, bebop jazz, but that's intentional because uh, my course focuses on popular uh, styles of music, rock and pop uh, music, and how you can understand its composition and its music theory. And if music theory is new to you and if you are at the level where it would be appropriate for you to begin studying it, meaning you're well past the basics, you can play plenty of songs with open chords and power chords and bar, bar chords, complete songs and everything. If you've got all those basic, basic skills, um, Uh, you know, under your belt and you have no trouble playing songs and now you want to take things to the next level and learn music theory, you can go to my website, guitarmusictheory.com. I'll ask you a question about your playing and I'll give you some different answers uh, that you can uh, select like do you still need help learning complete songs? Are you struggling with bar chords? Um, Are you uh, past all that and you want to learn lead guitar? And One of the options is is that you're past all of that stuff and you're ready to really get more into the details of music theory. So if you're at that level, you can select that option. And that will take you to a free course that you can enroll in. And I will, in, I will give you an overview of music theory. I introduce you to some really important topics that every guitar player needs to know in order to understand how music works on the fretboard and how popular songs are composed. And then if that free course – works for you and you want more of it, you could also take a look at my much more comprehensive uh, Fretboard Theory video course uh, that's for sale on my website. But you start with the free course because that's got a lot of good, useful information in it. And if that works for you and you want more of that, then you know that it would be smart to invest in the Fretboard Theory. Uh, theory course. And I do give you some samples of the fretboard theory video instruction. So if you're looking for some samples for that, just sign up for my free uh, music theory course on the website and you can take a look at all of that. So if you try to find the chords to Jingle Bell Rock as I played them on the internet, you're probably not going to have much luck. I was not able to find anything reliable. All the tab sites and even some of the sheet music sites either had the song in the wrong key, which I hate. It's in the key of D. I I don't want it in a different key. And all of them had different versions of the chord changes, and I didn't feel like they really fit uh, the music um, as well as what I have demonstrated for you here. So that's why I'm not going to provide a link to any web site or anything because I didn't find anything that I really liked so I would just review this video and review the chords as I have uh, shown them to you I think this is the closest way that you can strum along with the Bobby Helms version of Jingle Bell Rock and really capture the harmony that's occurring in that song All right, guitar engineers. Well, this concludes our uh, episode today on the song Jingle Bell Rock. So what did you think? Did you learn something new? Um, Did you enjoy this lesson? You can send email to desi at guitarmusictheory.com and let me know. You can also post some comments wherever you are listening to this podcast. Don't forget that I would appreciate you leaving me a good rating. And I would encourage you to share this podcast with others. Post it on your social media. Post it in any uh, uh, groups that you might be part of, or forums that you might be part of. I would appreciate anything you can do to make this podcast more popular. And if you'd like to learn more about music theory, remember you can go to my website, guitarmusictheory.com. I ask you a question about your playing, then I have different answers that you can choose from. Select the answer that you'd like to learn more about music theory, and you can get enrolled in my free music theory course. But I want to... Uh, remind you, don't get ahead of yourself if you're still trying to get your basic skills in order and play complete songs you should be focusing on that. Save the music theory stuff for later. Also, if you're not receiving emails from me, you can go to the website and you can enroll in any free course and you'll get added to the email list and then you will get notified every time I add a podcast or a YouTube video or a blog post or a new course or if I have any sort of special news to share So just go get signed up so you can stay in the loop. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And stay tuned because, Lord willing, I'll be back.